Episode 175, dated Friday the 29th of October 2010. Ten questions. This episode, Tony and I took a week off from games to ask each other some interesting and personal questions. It's a much more intimate show than usual, but it's a rare chance to hear about the private side of Digital Cowboys. We chose the ten questions that James Lipton asked his guests on Inside the Actors Studio. Other voices you will hear include the DC community members Josh Garrity and Matt Fowler. Question one: What is your favourite word? Your favourite word? If, if a word that basically makes your ears go, aha! Uh-huh. You know what I think? Gamer school. No, <laughs> gamers. No, I mean I do love the word achievement. Actually, not not purely just for an Xbox because I think if you know if you're actually achieving something in life and you're doing something pretty damn well, mm. if someone says that's an, that's actually an achievement, then well, you're moving forward. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's my favourite. No, that's I've never really put enough thought into it. Yourself. Uh, I'm going to quote uh, there's a bit in uh, Donnie Darko I think actually Drew Barrymore says that the two greatest most beautiful words in the English language are cellar door I think that may either have been a mistranslation or in my head a much better combination of pretty much the same words are secret room <laughs> seriously you hear the word secret room you're like Ooh, what is inside this secret room I mean what, why is everyone keeping it a secret it's, it just it opens up doors in your mind if you're going to trim it down to one it would be secret that's your word question two what is your least favourite word least favourite word please say you've got one <laughs> um I think I was going to say it's the N-word, the, the racial slur, but then again, Chris Rock uses it so well. Um, and it, it, In certain contexts, it is actually... I mean, when Samuel L. Jackson uses it, it's fine. Least favourite word. It's going to have to be something negative. So, I mean, something like complacent, something like that. It's Well, sorry. Ooh, depends. In I mean, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you want to hear it so badly. Um... Let's pass it over to the audience. You guys, you, do you have a, a least favourite word? Subscription, as in subscription fees. Being a primarily PC gamer, I recently put my hand in my pocket to give myself another 12 plus two months, as it happens, of Xbox Live Gold in advance of Connect, mm. And just the, the paying for sort of ethereal, vague services just rubs me up the wrong way. So I can foresee I'll probably get use out of it. Sure. But it feels yeah, like but the same buying at yeah without subscription, no one would subscribe to Digital Cowboys. Uh, yeah, but that that's they'd be like free... subscribe now. I can't. Yeah, but, but that's a free saying. I want it, not a giving money for. True. I think you actually that's hit it. the nail on the head though by, by just saying subscription fee. Just the word fee makes you go. Oh god, how much is that going to be? 
So actually, yeah, probably fee, maybe debt. Unfortunately. It's kind of similar to sorry, but basically, in every rejection letter you ever read, it starts off with, oh, what? while, blah, 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 nice things. Unfortunately, at this time, and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, and you just toss it on. There's, the no, good, there's no good contents of unfortunately, is there? No. Actually, unfortunately. Unfortunately, you didn't win the lot, no. Unfortunately. That's a great word. No, you can't get much more negative than unfortunately. Yeah, screw that. Question three, what turns you on? It doesn't have to be sexual. Josh, what turns you on? A nice slice of brie on a cracker. Ooh. Ooh. It's pretty good. It does smell that. <laughs> you get Maybe used that's to. what turns... <laughs> Excuse me. In my case, uh, creativity. When I see that someone's like really done something interesting, I just go ooh ooh ooh, and like little lights pop on in my head. And uh, yeah, you. I mean, some, I'm, sometimes I'm afflicted by uh, little creative bursts in the middle of the night, so to speak. And uh, I just I can't get back to sleep, and I pace around the bedroom, and I want to wake my wife up and explain stuff to her. And she's I'm like, no, I can't. She's got to sleep. And so I just end up coming and playing Warcraft or something because I've got or, or just going and creating something that that what turns brain. me in the literal sense. I mean, instead of what turns me on, because that's. You, I can't stop thinking the of connotations of, yeah the connotations so what obviously there's two places I'm most happiest um, one would be Scotland up a hill with my wife looking over the valley taking in the scenery bit of wind in my face and down to a, a log fire in you know in our chalet that we do that to me is probably the most happiest place oh. I could possibly be um, outside of those special special moments um, my ideal day is no work you wake up in the morning you've got a day ahead of gaming and you know nobody's going to disturb you and you're going to sit in there and you're going to have like joining with the community you're going to be playing some games you're going to play some games for yourself in the evening your wife cooks you a lovely roast dinner or husband yeah. or husband you know just th- that's my it's, it's odd isn't it because you, you say that to people that aren't into games like that's just sounds boring but to me well, just substitute games for movies or sewing or whatever yes. they like doing best that that's you know if, if someone says you know I'm doing that this weekend, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what turns you off? Working uh, for 15 hours in the pissing rain. There you go. <laughs> that's about my my lowest point. Yeah, that's ignorance plus bigotry. That's pretty much it. I mean, that, that's about the I mean, if I can be talking to someone and they'll just suddenly come up, come up with a comment like, oh, I sat next to a chinky on the train. They don't wash, you know. And I'll be like, wow, my estimation of you has plummeted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's one of the things that really just makes me go, one, one, I mean, if, we, if we're talking about gaming and the culture, one of the things that really turns me off, and this is back to... Like, that actually happened, by the way. Yeah, well, it, it happens more than it bloody well should, but... Mm. So the thing that really gets me is people being so annoyed at other people for liking games they like. Now, I'm, I'm all for about, you know, if a game's a bad game, a game is a bad game. There's enough, you know, we, we've all played just terrible games and you know, clearly no one should really like them. But it, it's like the genres. There was a topic on our forum recently is, you know, it was Star Stuff. It's like, well, you know, what genres don't you like? And it, it was so easy for people to say, oh, for God's sake, rock band, and just do the, the sigh and like, oh, it's crap. 
it's it's not crap. It's just that that's not a genre that that suits you. And it's the same as the RTS. It's, it's like we don't talk about RTS in in any way, shape, or form because neither you or me play them out. Mm. But we don't necessarily talk them in in a negative fashion because we couldn't. I couldn't really give you uh, if someone gave me StarCraft to review, for instance. I could give you a you know a, a novice's point of view of someone who doesn't really play RTSs. But I can give you an in-depth point of view of how good that game is or how good it isn't. So it, it seems to me like a lot of people jump down as like, oh, RTSs are just crap. And it, it's not, it's just not a genre. I mean, I, I've, re- you know, I've been playing all these different, different type of genre games recently and I, and I found out that actually I quite like point and click adventure games. Now, for many years I've been going, oh, point and click adventure games are crap. And it's, it's not. It's just, there, there's a reason that I hadn't clicked onto them. And I will talk about it in another show, but it was just, it was about, you know, finding the right point and click adventure game that suited me and not necessarily just following the, the, you know, the fanfare of, oh, you should play this one. So that's, that's one of the things that just annoys me about the, what I've seen recently is uh, too many people bashing stuff that hasn't actually either one come out yet, i.e. connect, move, that kind of stuff, the stuff in the future, 3DSs. And, Two is, you know, it's just jumping on to stuff that they actually don't really understand. It's like me jumping onto the 3D fighting genre and having an opinion about it. Don't really deserve an opinion because I don't play the game. So how could I tell you whether Street Fighter was good or not? And I've been guilty of that past. You know, I've, I've said quite, you know, I don't want to play Street Fighter. You know, it's, just, it's not for me. And there's nothing, I guess there's nothing wrong with me saying that to people, but at the same time, I don't really know what more I could bring to, to the game other than that. That makes sense to you? Mm. I, I kind of get the general feeling that people like to like throughout the industry and, and in smaller communities like ours, that some people like to examine games um, objectively, like if there's no opinion involved that this is good and this is bad. And I think people need to be reminded that games are actually subjective and just because you don't like something doesn't mean everyone doesn't like it. And, I get a bit annoyed when people say things like they're fact and it bothers me a lot. And I I won't name any names, but there have been occasions in forums where I've spoken out against people who have said, oh, this is the way it is. And I'm like, no, it's not the way it is. That's the way you see it, not the way everyone else sees it. And that bothers me. Yeah, don't don't let this be that I'm I'm not open to criticism of games i just i think you know, people have their strengths and weaknesses but if, for somebody that doesn't uh, a rock band isn't an, an easy thing to bring up here but for someone who's seen it from the outskirts but then has an opinion like it's the worst thing ever and then they put that opinion everywhere without really giving it you know a fair shot in the first place that that really gets my goat. It's like, well, hang on, you haven't, you, you're you're spreading this really strong opinion, yet you haven't actually spent any time with the game. And I don't, I to me, th- those things don't um, correlate. Now, as an example, recently, I, and I know this is actually I should be careful. I won't mention any names, but some people absolutely love, say, God of War three, and that's. Fantastic. And part of that conversation is then somebody doesn't like God of War 3. And I enjoy those conversations because both people have played that game. And I think it's an interesting clash of, you know, very, very strong opinions about whether they liked it and whether they didn't like it. That's fine. 
But the moment that, you know, I, I'm not jumped into the God of War 3 conversation in, in that situation because I've not played it. But I've seen a number of people, and this actually happens a lot more, I would guess, on Twitter than it does on forums, where people have an, an instant dislike to something. And it, even if they've not played it, they will have a, a strong opinion to it. And to me, I, I, don't, I don't know whether that should exist, but I guess everyone's allowed their own opinion. I think um, I hate to seem like I'm kissing your ass, Alex, but I think a perfect example of a good kind of criticism was your Shadow of the Colossus Gonzo Gaming, because although you did have a lot of negative things to say about the game, you acknowledged other people's high praise of it and um, you didn't you didn't feel make people feel um, bad for feeling positively about it. You just said, this is the way I feel about the game, and this is personal to me, but I understand that that's not how everyone feels. So, yeah. Thank you. That's, that's exactly what I was going for. Yeah, but because part of that review is an understanding of, I mean, Shadow of the Colossus and many, many other games that are, are kind of, we, we look at as you know being the prime jewels of our you know our gaming culture. Uh, you know, it's as long as you can look at that subjectively and say, okay, well, okay, it's amazing to so many people, and I, I can see why you're saying that. But to me personally, and these are my reasons, that's that's fine. And, and that's what pissed me off so much about the Shadow of the Colossus stuff is seeing too many people jump onto that and bash it just because they see the start of it. You know. I didn't like it. And it's like, oh my god, hate, hate, hate. And then like 20 minutes down the line when they finish getting to the end of it, it's like, oh, well, fair enough. But what's with all the hate jumping it on straight away? That's what I don't, that really doesn't, that's just something that has got me recently where too many people seem to be instantaneously disliking of something without actually having any real experience with it. And yet, if you force yourself through something for, you know, and hate every second of it, you can actually do more damage Sometimes it's just you need to know when the appropriate time is to just leave off if it's hurting you too much. Yeah, I mean, I see. I'm odd here because I, I generally try to see the good in everything, and Alex and me are quite different in that way. I think you get very annoyed with stuff quite quickly. Um, well, I, I have very high, ridiculous ideals of things that has as they should hypothetically be, as opposed to how they actually are. That's not. I, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think we're we're always striving for what. Now, this is something that Ditz has, has said to me in the past that he's he's always looking for that next big thing, um, and I, maybe I'm a maybe I'm actually maybe you're a bit like that, always looking just to the same experience isn't good enough. You need something to push the envelope just a bit further each and every time when it doesn't quite live up to that, or whether mm. you know a lot of people are saying, oh no, this is the one, and, and you get a hold of it, and you're like, no, <laughs> clearly this isn't. I think that's where a lot you know your anger comes from. It's like, well. I wanted this to be so much better and it turned out to be, you know, just a, a competent 3D action adventure game.
have a choice today to talk about two, two games that we've been playing, right? Enslaved and Costume Quest. Both of us sort of, sort of enjoyed them, but then by the end they kind of outstayed their welcome. And I didn't really have much to say that was massively positive. And I thought, you know what, rather than just moaning about it for an hour and a half, I'm just gonna let it lie. It's, it's not gonna achieve anything. But at the same time, I actually, for all that my, my talking about negativity, I, I think it's, it's strong. Something of a final, final product. If you've not had a great time with it, even if other people say it's the, the, the most amazing game they've ever played. And I think, you, you know, your stamp on, um, Shadow of the Colossus, I think as long as it's framed within the context of like, this is my experience, mm. it's fine. You know, I, I was actually thinking this you know, when obviously we decided not to, to go ahead and do that podcast. Mm. Um, I was thinking, well, actually, no, it's not a bad thing that you want to jump up and say, my opinion isn't necessarily the same as everybody else's. Mm. Because, I mean, I, well, speaking to you about it, you know, a lot of the points you raised, a lot of the people would say, well, if you just look past that. That's a big thing to look past, seriously. Which we could, I suppose we could dig a little deeper if it's going to lead us onto that. <laughs> I will say very briefly, uh, the the mechanics of the game were sound enough. You fight mechs, you do a lot of platform jumping, uh, and you have really lovely cutscenes in between them uh, in a really sort of, to begin with, vividly realized, interesting future world. And then you move on to garbage dumps and you fight a million mechs, you know, and you're just platforming around really dull environments, and then by the end you just, it's outstead, it's welcome. It, it wasn't a terrible plummeting down into the pit of rubbishness, but I just kind of went, yeah. And by the end I was actually getting quite frustrated and screamy because, uh, the, the last boss was a pain and a half because the mechs wouldn't leave me alone. But and that's Josh, all. Josh, I know you played it to the completion. Yeah, um, I kind of agree with Alex. I thought the first half, I loved the first half. I mm. thought, um, and if the game had carried on exploring that kind of scenario, like two people trying to survive this horrible situation, mm. I think I would have... In a familiar it. setting that's decayed. Yeah, but then I kind of feel like they kind of copped out towards the end and said, oh, let's give them what they really want, explosions and and mechs and blah 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 it's like no that's not what I wanted I wanted something deeper and more meaningful but never mind if anything the mechs should only have been in there so that you could fight with creatures and not feel particularly guilty about killing them because ultimately if it's going to treat you as a mature adult then killing human after human after human would uh, make it more like a rock star game and you'd begin to lose your character's soul so mechs are fine it's just that there's a fucking million of them Everyone seems to be striving between narrative um, has to be fantastic in games, and to to many respects, I I completely agree. I think that's one way that games can progress, um, and that's why I'm you know I'm somewhat you know new technology will help us do that. But the gameplay bit stuck, you know, the jam between the sandwich has to be fucking good for the the narrative sections to work. So from speaking to you, it just seemed like well, great, I'm killing another mech. There's 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 no excitement between you know the actual feeling between the two slices of bread which is the actual story arc. I think the two games that do that best that have a really great story and really great gameplay is Bioshock and Uncharted, and mm-hmm. I think that's why I was kind of disappointed by Enslaved is because after playing Uncharted 2 last year, which did it in, for my mind almost perfectly, mm. um, it kind of felt like. Uh, a bit of a step down and I shouldn't it 
it was a good game. But it's just it felt a bit inconsistent, and I don't know. It was. I, yeah. I had the same thing actually. Uh, upset fanboys alert. I had roughly the same thing with um, the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Now I know Al. Yes, three. The emotional punch of three. Three, three. But you never played three. No. So, but I'm talking about like with four. For all the the amazing cutscenes and storytelling that he had up his sleeve, and yet you know we go on to the edit, yada yada yada. But I think there was really some interesting ideas that he has there and that he explores. I found the actual playing of the game a bit tiresome, and, you know, a bit old fashioned. And I I really should go back to three because it sounds like that's the game I'm looking for from the Metal Gear Solid franchise. But one was incredible. But yeah, there there is a number of big franchises out there where I, I just think maybe the actual gameplay lacks as much punch as the actual storyline they're trying to do but at the same time then doesn't have the emotional punch the story could have because you've not experienced kind of that, that dragging your corpse <laughs> through the game the nature of monkey was irrepressible What sound or noise do you love? Blip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you heard that like 52 times in a row, would you get a boner? I, t- I hear it in everyday life. I mean, I, I, I literally, I'm doing stuff at work and I think, yay, I've, I've done well there. Or, you know, is that something I've done complete? And all of a sudden, blip. I'm sure these things follow me around in life. Yeah, that, that probably says more about how bad I am, uh, how addicted I am to that system rather than anything else about me. But uh, For me, it's actually just the opening uh, crawl part of uh, Fellowship of the Ring. reminds me of that time when I sat down before I'd actually seen the Lord of the Rings and that just those few I mean it's it's playing right now in the background as I'm speaking shivers down my spine and just always repeating back to that moment in my head and going wow this is going to be incredible and it was for the first time ever a film actually lived up to and surpassed expectation for me I'm a very expectant person What sound or noise do you hate? I've got an answer for this. Go on, go for it. The phone ringing. Yeah. My my daughter has started saying, oh, for God's sake, every time the phone rings, because that's what I say. (laughs) 
Because it, it only ever rings when we're watching a film or in the middle of a conversation or something. I'm never just sort of sitting around going, oh, I wish someone would call. <laughs> and it's always a bank. It's it's just the fact that, right, I have to stop everything I'm doing right now and I have to answer that. I don't have any choice. I know I do have a choice, but, like, you feel like you have to answer it even though you don't want to. And that noise just, oh, it just triggers like it's- a hate response in me it's even worse than that to me it's, it's not the phone it's the home phone because if anybody really wants to get hold of me they're going to ring me on my mobile just, mm. it, it's a force of nature for most people you know, it's an easier way to do it usually I just send you messages on Xbox Live it's quicker <laughs> but um, the, the home phone ringing that's always just some sort of crappy cold call or somebody you really don't want to speak to you or, you know, <laughs> or... <laughs> I'm sorry man I have occasionally done, <laughs> done that <laughs> not true Oh, I, I, this is the problem with me. I'm not a particularly negative person, so I don't try to. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff doesn't really play on my mind. Hate. Yeah. Nazis. That sound. <laughs> the sound of Nazis. Yeah, you know the sound of Nazis. Sure. Number seven, what is your favourite curse word? Um, this is one I use all the time. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's that context of fuck. Yeah, no, and it's oh, in that particular fuck. Fa- oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you know, oh, died for the 20th time. For fuck's sake. Yeah. Well, actually, usually for me, died for the 20th time is, for fuck's sake! <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a test for my neighbours to see at what point will they actually start knocking on my door and go, you're right. <laughs> but that's not in a joyful way, you see, that's in a, like, uh, an anger, negative way. <laughs> uh, favourite curse word. Um, I mean, fuck is so brilliant and versatile. And no one gets really offended by it. You can say fuck and people just go, yeah, oh, for fuck's sake. If you say the C word, you can guarantee if you're in a room full of people, a couple of people are going to be really offended. And so I try not to. That, that was one of the best pieces of podcasting I ever heard was when Vinnie Caravella said it on Giant Bomb. <laughs> and it's, you know, those guys are, are you know, pretty extreme. And the room just went quiet. And like, you could you could feel the look that was, everyone just turned it, whoa, dude, look like, what you was the context again? I can't remember. I don't know. He just dropped it, and then he was like trying to backtrack it. It was like, yeah, I'm proud of that word. And it's just, it is that is the word that everybody <laughs> really does. Like, oh, he's really upset. I mean, to point. a degree, that actually does make it my favourite because it affects so many people. But there's such a negative connotation to it that it is so awkward sometimes that when someone, uh, I hate it when someone uses it that you don't want to use it and then other people who you don't want to get offended by it are in the room with you, get offended by it. You're like, oh God, can I just like turn back time there so that that wasn't said? Come on, uh, Josh, I can't believe that uh, you seem like such a pleasant young man. <laughs> I can't imagine you using swear words. Um, You're PG-13, I- aren't you? <laughs> I'm, well, I, I am. I haven't been known to swear, but uh, um, on occasions. On occasion, um, I think my go-to one really is kind of a crap. Really, I just I'm not a, a, a huge swearer, so I just default to that one. To be honest, not a swearer. No. 
Fair enough. Crap. Like I said, PG-13. Do you go old crap? You could get that into a U, actually. I, I actually tend to combine crap with loads of things, like crap, crap monkey or... Yeah. <laughs> oh, crap monkey. Yeah. Oh, you'd be a great dad, because that ultimately means you're never going to taint your kids with your foul mouth. I'm, <laughs> I'm afraid my kid's going to have Tourette's or something. Patagonia in South America, and I'm looking for something rather special. Yes, there he is. It's the sea elephant, and a big fella too. About 18 inches from tip to tail. That downturned snout's nearly 18 feet long. could have anyone anyone in the industry on your podcast and you could ask them anything who would you have on and what would you ask them good question <laughs> oh god see i don't know whether to, to to pick someone who's uh you know answerable to, to a lot of atrocious games or uh someone who's done some fantastic games and ask them a really good question i think i'd probably choose someone i respect because, I mean, I'd, I'd want to, uh, an episode that would thrill me to listen back to it. Um, I forgot anyone. I don't, in all seriousness, I'd just like to uh, to have on the guys from Giant Bomb. I think that would be great. I would love to just hang out with I, I mean, it, it, there'd be a weird hierarchy going on, wouldn't there? They'd, I mean, since they podcast so professionally all the time, we'd almost feel like guests on their show, even if they were on us. <laughs> I think their shows even sound like that when they have people on. It's, yeah. it's almost like people are intruding their that space, even though they're trying to be quite welcoming. It'd yeah. be a fascinating just because they're so entertaining. I yeah, guess. but also really knowledgeable, and I think uh, I'd prepare some real fiendish questions for them. Tony, I wish I'd like a half an hour to think. I don't know. I don't know about asking the question. I mean, it's, it's easier to, I mean, the temptation would just say, oh, well, Peter Molyneux, you know, get him on, you know, trying to get down deep inside his brain. But, like, you know, I, I think he kind of spurges, splurges that out everywhere yeah. for everyone to kind of look at anywhere. I don't think we'd be able to add anything. We wouldn't be able to shut him up. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think our most interesting guests are people that, you know, aren't necessarily big, hyped-up people, but, you know, are more kind of on the on the fringes. But I... Mm. Someone like, I, I mean, I'd love to get someone like ridiculously like Miyamoto on and mm. just prick. I mean, to do a full show, kind of pick his brains to, to see. Obviously, he's changed so much throughout the years. His gaming, you know, what, what, what games or whatever games mm. he makes now is you know, so very different from when they, he first began out with Mario. Yeah, yeah. So I'd just love to see, you know, follow a guide of his history over a number of episodes and kind of get into his brain and work out where, you know, where it all kind of changed and. Obviously, the famous quote of him kind of testing games on his wife and, and just get down to his feelings of what really happened with the GameCube for this huge shift that Nintendo made. Because it was, you know, mm. at, at that point. And, but none of these people would really speak as honestly as you would want them to. Yeah. Because it's all. Because they've got a high clear. profile. Yourself, Josh? What would, <laughs> I mean, who, who, who would you want to hear yeah. us interview? Um. Oh God, I haven't even thought of an answer for this. Um, what was your uh, question? Um. 
to be honest, I think um, I I kind of like to get an interview with Hodeo Kojima oh, simply yeah. because. Or okay, maybe he hasn't. I have thought the, Kojima actually. Yeah. Yeah, mm. maybe he hasn't made the most perfect games in the world, but he has done some really wacky things, and it'd be interesting to pick apart the thought process that led to those results, whether they be good or bad. So. I thought that would be interesting. Yeah, but the, and that once again falls down to the same thing. I don't think you, anybody would ever get the access they would like to actually pick into his brains and and you know mm. seriously the thought process of what went into creating the Metal Gear Solid franchise. You know, there'd be some really deep and meaningful questions you've asked, but you'd never really get the true answer. But yeah, which of the two needs a translator? I, I seem to remember one of the two still has yeah, a translator. Still does, doesn't he? Oh, so we'd have a job getting a really good conversation out of him. Yeah, I think you put all that stuff to one side. I mean, this is purely fantasy land, isn't it? I mean, mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It can happen. Ian Lee interviewed Miyamoto <laughs> to, to a degree, and we interviewed Ian Lee. <laughs> hey, so yeah, by six degrees, well, two degrees of separation, we already have done. Go us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we said the Giant Bombcast. Is there any other huge podcast you would love to get on the show? Oh, Garnet Lee, I'd have loved to have done it in his uh, in his prime. <laughs> uh, in his prime, oh. Well, when he was podcasting, like with uh, with uh, One Up, that was awesome. True. Greg yeah. Miller would be such fun from IGN. Isn't it strange now? Because I think my podcast tastes have completely changed throughout the years. I, mean, you know, like say back in the one up, one up a heydays, mm. you know, that was some superb stuff that was being produced from that network. But obviously, you didn't get them anywhere. Um, where nowadays, actually, most of the podcasts that I listen to, I, we do have access to in some sort of degree. So, actually, one of mine was actually uh, Paris and Jay from Remember When. I've already managed to get hold of Paris, so that was that was brilliant. I'd love to have him back on at some point. Just Jay then? Yeah, and Jay too. That'd be awesome. Josh, any favourites? Uh, to be honest, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Tony. Most of the podcasts I, I listen to, you guys could easily get on your show without even trying. So, I don't know, really. Uh, so either t- tells us about the calibre of our guests, or it's a very close-knit community. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to get the girls from some other castle back on again. That's proven yeah. to be a bugger. It's a shame. They're, they're really good, and I, I wish they'd come back again. Number eight, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Ooh. And don't worry about logistics like uh, if you're not uh, tall enough to be a, I don't know, basketball player. What are you trying to say? You're not tall enough to be a basketball player, Tony, I'm sorry. Tony, I was a little bit taller. You can't jump. You're a baller. Ooh. I'm going to say swordsman. Because, I mean, there's a couple of professions where if someone asks you, what are you, uh, and you say this profession, they're going to go, ooh, swordsman, like, uh, well, swordmaster Bob Anderson of the uh, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings films and who trained Errol Flynn. Uh, there aren't many swordmasters out there, but swordsman's even better because it means you actively use swords on a day-to-day basis. And that takes a lot of explaining as well. Uh, another one that I really love is smoke jumper. 
Let me uh, let me just tell you what a smoke jumper does. Yeah, do you know do you know why that's good? Because you would have to explain what a smoke jumper does to everyone. Well, it sounds it's cool to start with. Interested, like- it sounds cool, but then when you find out what it is, it's even cooler. Smoke jumpers are most often deployed to fires that are extremely remote. The extra risk associated with this method is justified by reaching a wildfire shortly after ignition when it is still relatively small. Basically, they're parachuted in to stop fires. So it's like they're firemen. And paratroopers. I mean, you may just you just you get chicks on tap just for saying I'm a smoke jumper. They're like, right, you can bear my well, I can bear your children right now. <laughs> yeah, insane. Lucky still. I mean, if you're a fireman already, I mean, I don't know why, but everyone hates police, or a lot of people hate police. Nobody hates firemen. You never see firemen getting bricks thrown at them, going fuck off and get you know get go save a cat in a tree. <laughs> Unless they're on strike. When they're on strike, you get odd looks. I actually considered being a farmer. How'd that work out? Couldn't handle the hours. <laughs> <laughs> that was the and the air of machismo. But apart from that, oh, and I, and I hate fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tony. Gosh, I want to know you I kind of like to be like a... Um, like a wildlife documentary uh, filmmaker, that would have been really interesting. Like to go out and see like orangutans and whales and stuff like that. Just go and see wildlife and 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 show people um, some of the interesting, you know, animal life that's out there. Be I think David that would be, yeah, basically, Chick- except less sexy. Chicks on tap. <laughs> <laughs> There is something about his voice. <laughs> yeah. This is Venus's flytrap. One or two hairs on their surface touch the hair and the trap is sprung. The beetle's struggles stimulate the plant to close the trap even more tightly. But if an insect comes into the mouth of the trumpet, then it's doomed. God, this really is deep. The, the, the reason why I'm loath to say this... It just says like attempt. You don't even have to do it well. The, just yeah, attempt it. The, the, but this, I would, I would imagine this is probably attainable for me, and this actually makes me kind of just annoyed thinking about it that I haven't even tried to pursue that when you actually sit there and answer this question. Um, is I'd love to be somebody that kind of, you know, when you go whitewater rafting and like the the adventure mm. playground stuff, um, like proper outside in the in the wild stuff. I'd love <laughs> to be an instructor for doing that. Yeah. It's just there's always something I I would. Love to kind of just get my hands dirty and and try new experiences. Uh, although bungee jumping, that can fuck the right off. You don't want to bungee jump, but you no, will you, do oh, that. That's bad. What did you do in that ball the other day? Tell us about that. Oh, that was air sphere. Yeah, so you go into a 150 mile an hour wind tunnel and they stick you inside a hamster ball. Better, yeah, better explains a hamster ball and they blow you upside into this tunnel, throw you up in the air, and you kind of bounce on the way back down. Until uh, you finally hit the ground. So, were you strapped in or something, or? No, you just yeah. The ball was about six foot across, but it, you know, the inside of it is about three foot across, and you kind of just stick your legs and hold on to some straps as they do it. Were you hilarious. were you holding on at the same time as Liz, or? Yeah, both Liz and me were inside this tiny little uh, chamber inside it. But it's Liz has actually done it where you're not actually inside the ball, so you just sit there inside this chamber as they're blowing 150 mile winds, but. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. For me, that's what I I would love to, to do. Or, you know, like every geek's dream, I'd love to own my own little kind of gaming shop that would make some sort of kind of uh, money and be able to survive in, against all this uh, ridiculous uh, pressure from the big gaming industries. But 
See, that would be, that would be cool, actually, to, to own yeah, a, like a little game shop. I mean, it's, you'd be insane right now to start a small business oh, yeah. selling games, hard copy. That's mental. But, every, um, everyone I ever go into is that they always look like they're struggling. Yeah. And the, the one on the last like, yeah, the carpets are always threadbare, because that's the thing they can't spend the money on. Yeah, and it's always, it's always cold. It's always tons and tons of second-hand games and DVDs, because mm. they ain't making any profit of Shit, tons of old PS2 games as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the old, if I win the lottery, and you know, I'm not going to sit at home and just do nothing, that's the old fantasy. Although, yeah, probably attainable. Both of those are attainable. That's yeah. Bad, you just start whitewater rafting and then just keep getting better and better and eventually you just go, look, can I be an instructor? And they'll go, yeah. I'll get on to that. I'll put, I'll put that in the list of things to do. Seriously. Um, what would I like to attempt? I, I would love to actually try my hand at filmmaking, professional filmmaking. I, back when I was uh, like 20, I was trying to work my way up and obviously didn't get very far. Um I mean, I'd love to do the indie stuff. I mean, I don't really want to have to tangle with Hollywood. I'd like to be to be able to fund these from people who actually care about the projects and not have to go to just people who only care about the bottom line when asking for money. But uh, I would not attempt a large project now without a lot of practice first. So, Isn't it odd that none of us said, oh, we'd love to make a game? Um, well, no, the extension of that is I would love to be a creative force on a game. I'd love to actually be, uh, I'd love to write a game and design a game, but I'd need to have a huge team of professional people with me because I don't know the first fucking thing about coding. I, I have to say, I, I would never want to make a game because I think it would ruin the magic for me. You think? I think, yeah, I think I, I, I very much enjoy gaming as a consumer, uh, as horrible as that sounds, I like to experience it, but I think if I were to get down and make it, then I think some part of the magic would be gone and I, I would somehow care less about it, if you get what I mean. Sharon took a look at what I've done over the years and what I wanted to do when I was younger and what I want to do now and surmised that the media which I am best at hasn't even been invented yet. Because it, it always seems to be about giving people a flash of what's inside my head and this sort of crossing over, sort of like a collage of different media, and that's how the, the podcasts tend to work out. I wish I could do them visually as well, but the amount of work to make these uh, video podcasts and stick them on YouTube every week, when you can only work within a 10-minute radius, it would just be insane. It's always limitations, isn't it? I, people have always said to us, well, get this guest on, get that guest on. And it, mm. It's like we've never even tried to, to get... Those kind of people, and, and I, you know, if, if it was talking about you know the hobby of doing podcasting and stuff, we'd just love to have more of a free reign, um, you know, and have the people on that we really want to have on, and, mm. and not be confined to, you know, PR talking and, and looking over the work. And yeah, stuff. to be able to basically talk to you know phone harmonics and say, hey, we want someone from the very top on our show, and not just someone trying to uh, to sell well, the game. Yeah, and I think all that. I stuff, mean, harmonics are great. Just but you know, all that stuff isn't attainable. But that's if, not really how it works. If we if we manage to grow the website mm. over and over and over and over and again, and then you end up in a, a difficult situation, like you know, you end up becoming giant bomb basically, which is is fantastic. But then you have to fund the thing. And mm. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess yeah, that would be the dream, wouldn't it? Is to, to grow to the size of giant bomb where you could make that call, have them on the podcast, and do that stuff. That would be great. See, 
I, I'm already so happy, I've got to say, with our community. It's, it's what I've always wanted to be able to actually be in, in, in contact with people who actually are able to assess my work and go, yeah, that was good, that wasn't that good. And uh, but on a weekly basis, not even, not even just on a sort of yearly, well, I'm working on this big project, you'll see it when it comes out. But to just get this constant feedback and rapport, and even just like we've got one of them on our show right now. It's lovely that we could basically just ask that, and within hours, just you know, have someone who we otherwise wouldn't have met on there. I, I love our community, and I would never want to give that up. Now, and and that that itself is the balance that we're always striving for. Is is not always producing the biggest thing you can because there's always mm. a worry that you know an influx of people will destroy what we have you know running on the forums where people know each other and nobody's yeah. arguing and it's a nice peaceful place yeah um and that is strangely that's a concern that you know one or two topics we we've thought about doing the past week no don't really want to go there with it yeah so, that's why we don't do huge competitions to attract complete strangers to the show because ultimately whether they stay or not we don't really see any benefit from that because it, it's much better to get sort of a trickle effect for us that sort of people sort of come in they see how it works and they go right, okay and they adapt to it if we just got hundreds of new people in every week it would just become chaos yeah. so i don't know I'm, I'm not really all that desperate to explode in popularity i i, I kind of like the rate that we're going at the moment but uh no i, I love how organic it's turned out to be you know we've been doing this for a long time now and a lot of people expect instant success overnight and i suppose that can come if you've got the the correct ingredients and you know there, there's a magic formula there but for for me it's been the growing of this over three years mm. and to see where it is now compared to where it was when we first you know stuck our voices on episode one mm. really not knowing what we we're going to be doing and like say so having that that base of people now where we can put a question out there and they can come back to us and the intelligent conversations that uh, happen both on the forum, on Twitter, um, it, it never, <laughs> I honestly never thought we would have that kind of base behind us leading forward, what, three years down the line. Mm. So, that's getting all soppy on these people. Ah, but pat, that, it, pat yourselves on the back, cheers. It's one of those things, isn't it? Because it's, for all the podcasts I've listened to, and for hundreds and thousands of hours worth of podcasts, mm. I've joined very few communities and I know actually how hard it is to pull that kind of trigger and go, no, I'm going to be a part of that. So, you know, Josh here is, is one of the, you know, the, you know, the prime examples because he's one of the people that have, I think you're at like seven, almost up to 700 posts on the forum. Which yeah. is a lot, it's a lot of time invested into, into anything and it, it, you know, it, that's a big step and I don't expect every single listener what we have to, to jump onto the forum and, and interact on Twitter and do all that stuff. But it's it's nice when they finally do write in or do jump in and, and do become part of that conversation because otherwise they're just a number and it's it's very hard to gauge whether you're having much impact on, on their lives or not. So I think that's when we produce our best shows is when people are interacting with us and you know have their opinions of themselves and we can hopefully bring them onto the show. Hmm. Which we tried to do tonight, but yeah, it was all it was way time. too short notice. Yeah. We were putting everyone yeah. else on the spot. <laughs> So I think it still turned out really well. Uh, question nine: What profession would you not like to do? Now we can come up with a whole bunch of comedy ones. <laughs> <laughs> shit shoveler. Yeah, I mean everyone always goes to shit. They're like, ew, sewage worker. You see, I'm fine. I, as a gardener, I get absolutely covered in. Yeah, but not shit. I'm. I am a firm believer of this that there is a job for everybody. I've met people that do. The, I, well, I would class to be a. a Terrible job, and they love it. 
And I think that's great. That that is. I have the- seen too many grumpy garbage men to to believe that every single garbage man is happy in their position, or yeah. even one tenth of them. True. There I'm is. sure there are. There is one out there who is like, you know what? I love getting rid of people's trash, I've getting rid of people's worked, rubbish. But I've always worked by this: the moment they stop getting rid of your rubbish. Is the moment you'd understand quite how oh, yeah, no, the, garbage there is. Absolutely. Man. Every single one of them. Hats off to thee. But, uh, but, but seriously, I couldn't do it. I do not have the strength. I mean, there's, there's been a whole bunch of jobs where I've just, I've gone for my first day on my tryout and I've gone, can't do this, can't do this, can't do this. Really? No, 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 no. Working in a very, very noisy club, for example. <laughs> it was like, this is, this is a nightmare. I cannot work here. It's it's because I hate clubbing and and to actually be stuck there and know you can't leave and have to serve everyone their drinks. Ugh, no rubbish. But for me, it'd be an office job. Yeah. And I, I, that'd be pretty horrible for me too. Actually, thousands of our listeners all have an office job, I'm sure. But it's it's the reason I do you know gardening is that I you know I like the outdoors too much. I just ugh, I couldn't imagine sitting behind a desk just typing numbers into a computer. That would literally drive me insane. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing this podcast being a mental institution. George W. Bush's speechwriter. Because you're like, how is he going <laughs> to mangle it this time? Pure, pure, pure comedy. Or maybe he's like, right, let's give him a really tricky word to say. <laughs> Joshua. Um, probably working in advertising. Not so much because it was uh, um, a horrible job, but I couldn't live with the evil I'd be committing every <laughs> single day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Actually, when I was younger, my father used to say, you know, you're quite good with the old films. You should work in advertising. It's where all the money is. I was like, really not not interested in advertising. I don't like adverts. I did actually because um, I, I kind of I'm a student in the creative arts, so I have to go to conferences based on that kind of stuff. And there was a conference on marketing um, at the event and all the people set up on stage look like the kind of people I wouldn't mind punching repeatedly in the head over and over again. They're just, and the way they spoke about their jobs as if it, they just seemed like very unpleasant people who were very self-obsessed and only really cared about money and pushing forwards of their career. And I don't, I don't want to end up like that. Oh, how about just a waiter at a party full of those people? Oh God. Being right. treated as if you don't even exist, by and large. I mean, I would just chuck the champagne at them. Now, okay, I got it, yeah. Uh, the person at the BBFC who has to watch all the porn and basically go, R18, R18, R18. Oh, oh, no, you can, you can still do that. R18, R18, R18. No, no, R18. I mean, you would be so, when you'd go home, you'd be like, if I see, one more. Hello, honey. How you doing? You must have seen some real dodgy things in your <laughs> time. Yeah, a few dodgy things, yes. Must be the best job in the world of watching porn all day. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you think you'd enjoy it, but you, you don't. But you've seen 25 years of it. Yeah. I mean, nobody can, you know, well, keep it hard for that long. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby Kotex, PA. God. <laughs> Bring me another small life, baby. Um, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> it's like the, the guy who could have done something about Hitler but did nothing. 
Are you equating Bobby Kotick with the greatest <laughs> monster in history? Actually, okay, yeah, that, there's, a job, there's a job I couldn't do. Hitler. <laughs> it's, it's not often you ever see it down the uh, job centre, but if it did ever turn up, I'd be like, no way. I ain't doing that. I think that's one of those like self-employed careers, though. You, you don't really get them. S- yeah. Hey, try putting that on the tax form. <laughs> self-employed <Death> Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to do a weird area at this point. Question I, 10. Oh, no, hang on, Tony. Uh, the, the thing with Kotek that completely baffles me is everything that he says. He's so jolly looking. He's, he's technically correct. But it's everything you should keep as far as possible from PR, you know, from from actually releasing to the public. We should enjoy the fact that he's honest. No, because then it just takes away the curtains that we how, how we think games are really actually made by like, you know yeah. people sitting there loving their product that they're putting out, and the reality is they're under horrible time constraints, not enough money, and Bobby Bobby Kotick saying that this yeah, product needs to go out and it can only cost this much, and you know, if it doesn't, then it's going out as a broken product. But, but he's so cheerful. Yeah. I'm Bobby Kotek, the billionaire tyrant. If heaven exists, this is the last question, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Sorry, we're full. (laughs) We have been for many, many years. I'm sorry, the correct answer was Mormon. Mormon. (laughs) I don't even know. Um... I know you haven't been that faithful, but you know what? Go on. Go in. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I know you, you did that hit and run that one time, but uh, whatever. I wasn't even watching. <laughs> you went there. I'd like him to say, son! <laughs> <laughs> Sacrilicious. I knew it all along. Now, in reality, uh, I'd like him to just uh, turn up and be leaning on a gnarled old wooden staff with a pointed blue hat on, look out from underneath with his twinkling eyes and his long grey beard and say, Welcome to Middle Earth. Sweet. That would be so <laughs> fucking awesome. Sauron's, Sauron's the devil. The, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yes. It is your sword. Go and slay orcs for me. So you're saying that heaven would be wow, is what you're saying? No, 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 Mid-Earth. <laughs> heaven would be Lord of the Rings Online. Only <laughs> only the Peter Jackson version. But with way better graphics. <laughs> Lifelike. In all seriousness, um, I, as rubbish as the film was, um, I kind of subscribed to the whole Richard Matheson what dreams may come viewpoint on heaven that effectively everyone's given a blank canvas. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I'm going to subscribe to the fact that I've been there and done it 50,000 times before. And this is just the same person over and over again doing something different. Nice. But you don't know. That's, that's the killer, is that when you actually go out there like, right... So how'd that one work out for you? And there's that little switch. Is like, eh, I'm now going to be that person that goes and teaches white water rafting. <laughs> <laughs> now you can do white water rafting and you don't have to pay tax. Sweet. <laughs> no fee there. Um... Oh, I know. No, I, I really do want to be a woman. No, the blokes just didn't work out for me. <laughs> <laughs> Back to being a woman. Uh, this time, yeah. 
See, it must be really weird when you're like, right, getting ready to be born again. Will I remember any of this? No. Subconsciously, you might, but you'll have to sort of realise it consciously first. You think that little devil on the side of your shoulders talking to you in the back of your head? That's that's the person that's been there before. Like, don't I fuck? I did this time. (laughs) Seriously, don't buy that. Oh, for God's sake, that's going to lead him to death. What guitar hero? Warriors of rock. Okay, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Now. There's one thing we're going to have to ask you guys before we go. Next month, all of November, is our donation drive. It's that time of year again. Uh, Last year, we had a lot of very generous donations from just a couple of very generous people who we're extremely grateful to. Um, It's uh, We we, we discussed the idea of subscriptions a couple of weeks ago after the giant bomb thing broke. Uh, Just playing with the idea. uh, We never intended to do it ourselves, but we just wanted to gauge your reactions. And it seems unanimously you'd all much prefer to donate. So now's your chance. Uh, On our main website, there is a donate button. And uh, if you'd like to just... Give whatever you think uh, we're worth for the quant- for, for the past year, basically. Not for the next year. This is basically paying for, for the whole year as it's gone. Yeah, this, is, this is paying for hosting fees. Yeah, so. and we're, we're paying Tim for uh, hosting us, and thank you very much, Commander Tim. And uh, basically that'll go for all the libs and stuff. Uh, and uh, everything left over basically will go to uh, Tony, who's our new f- uh, financer for the next year. Yeah, and we do do this for nothing. And it always is an awkward moment when we turn around to you guys and say, look, you know, if if you've got a spare pound or two, and this is obviously a pretty shitty time for everyone to have a spare pound or two, we do understand that. So, um, but if if you know we can get enough just to pay our hosting fees, then it makes our life just a little bit easier to keep on doing this week in week out. But it's not done. This purely isn't being done for profit making. This is purely being done so we can keep the forums, keep. Uh, websites up and, and you know make sure that you have a, a, a pleasant experience when you actually come over to the DC stuff yeah. and that we have enough bandwidth to get this pop- linking podcast out to you <laughs> okay and that is all from us this week next week we will definitely be talking about games Rock Band 3 is out to well it's today isn't it so uh, we'll be playing a hell of a lot of that and I think we're going to be doing some Rock Band chat next week don't know who we're going to have on but I think we'll be looking back on the series and if not at least talking about our experiences on it that's that's mainly why we had a, a quiet uh, more intimate uh, show this week because I just wanted to be able to kick back and relax and, and think about that rather than forcing ourselves to talk about games that we weren't really all that excited about yeah and, and retrospect actually it's, it's quite nice that we can just kind of really really chill out and just have a conversation because mm. I think that's mainly what this has been it's just you know we've had a couple of the community people on which is thank you Josh once again and thank you Matt Fowler yeah um, but it's, it's been nice just to kind of chill out and maybe learn a little bit more about us rather than kind of doing it in the professional podcasting sense of you so if you want us to do this again let us know <laughs> And in fact, if you want to just give us a whole bunch of questions uh, for us to be asked, then uh, we can maybe give you a bit more uh, time to wind up to this one next time. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of reasons why we ended up doing this, what we ended up doing, but... We didn't want to give you a subpar show. We didn't want to just sort of spur them up. We've done that in the past. We've just gone, oh, fuck it, let's just talk about it. And it always ends up like a pig fuck, and I barely... Remember that Xbox episode? I sometimes have to do crazy things with the editing, and it never comes off right. Now, as you know, we've got plenty of uh, shows in in the works, and uh, you know, please, if you wish to do talk about uh, the 50th greatest characters of all time, there's links everywhere on the forum, on Twitter, on the front page. Come and uh, lend us your voice, because that that show has got to end up being wrapped up at some point. 
um, and ideally we want as many people as possible. Mm. So we have know, had a huge yeah. turnout for it, actually. We haven't still haven't got every character accounted for, but there has been a lot of voices in this one, more than we've ever done. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's shaping up pretty awesome. Okay, that's all from us. We'll be back next week. I've been Alex Shaw. I've been Tony Kings. Happy trails. Thank you.